Welcome to Master the NEC, where we talk about the National Electrical Code and all things electrically related. My name is Paul Abernathy, your host, and welcome to today's podcast. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Master the NEC, where we talk about the National Electrical Code and all things electrically related. My name is Paul Abernathy, your host today, and I got my coffee. It's a Saturday morning. I actually had a service call this morning, but then it canceled at the last minute. So what makes a perfect time to do a podcast is when you had some work and it gets canceled. How about that? Uh, So... Today's episode, you know what, we're going to talk about a topic that I hear from a lot of people and a lot of pictures get posted on the internet and everything and and people post pictures and of course it solicits a lot of comments about it and somebody says, oh that looks looks like crap or that's poor workmanship or whatever and so I figured we'd discuss workmanship today and and what it really means. Now again, I'm sure you're all familiar with 110.12 which is Mechanical Execution of Work. Uh, in the informational note that makes reference to an ANSI NECA 1 document. Um, They are available online. You can buy the latest one, which is a 2015 edition, but there is a 2010 edition that's out there online. Uh, If you just search for the ANSI uh, NECA 1 PDF, you can find it out there. I don't offer it, but it's out there. and, you know, it pretty much is good enough guidance for you since you probably weren't using anything anyway. So the thing about it is I support Nika in this scenario. So, you know, it's like 49 or 50 bucks. If you have a company and you have quite a few people in it, then go on and buy this copy. And, and you can also have it and meet with the guys and, and kind of go over what y'all's expectation of workmanship is. But you could also... Um, get this older edition for yourself. You know, if you needed something to, you know, to kind of brush up on the workmanship. Now, today we're just going to talk a little bit about the the edition, and I have the 2010 edition. But as you'll see in the 2017 code, there's a updated 2015 edition. Okay, so you know, we'll kind of just look at it in uh, a little bit. And uh, shoot, might as well just cover some of the topics in it. So. If I look at it now, let's talk workmanship. You're an apprentice and you're learning the trade. Uh, Yes, you're learning the skill set, but you need to also learn the mentality early on that it's just not one of those things where you go, I can't see it from my house or, or whatever. You need to take pride in it. I mean, you're not only learning it, but you're learning to do it right. You're learning to be subjective to whether somebody thinks it's neat or not, and you're going to subject yourself to that criticism. Because you want to do the best job you can. Yeah, the thing about electricity is it it works when it looks crappy. And it works when it looks really neat. I get it. Um, but reality is, even when I do the electrical work, uh, and for years as an electrical contractor, yeah, you know, I knew it was going to be closed up inside gypsum walls or, or something like that. And, you, you know, it's not always a case where you can see the... The, the conduits or the tubing or, or MC, the cable, and, and you got to be real neat with that. Um, but I knew there was wiring like NMB, non-metallic sheath cable, whatever, it would be in the wall. Um, and I still cared about how neat it was. Uh, I still cared how neat they came to the box 
how neat I strapped it, uh, how neat that the, I pushed the conductors back in the box to, to give me as much cubic inch room as I could. I know that it would affect me later uh, because I'm putting devices in there and they take up space. Uh, shameless plug, if you want to know how to do Boxville, we have a podcast on Boxville, so go to our website and you can cl- go where it says podcast and you can listen to all the podcasts from there, from Spreaker, from Spotify, from all kinds of ways to listen to us nowadays. There's probably 10 different uh, outlets that actually uh, simulcast or, or replay these podcasts. Um, but again, workmanship is... a also, a lot in what pride you take into it. Now, I understand that everybody's um, it's in the eye of the beholder, if you will. Okay, you look at something, and what's neat to somebody might not be neat to the other person. I get that. We all have to allow for that uh, tolerance, if you will. But this Nika guide is and again. I'm a big supporter of Nika. Uh, I'm a supporter of any of the unions, IBEWs. I mean, some areas of the country, unions are great things. Uh, other areas of the country, it might not be as big of a deal. Um, look, I'm all about the electrical trade, so I don't care how what avenue you get there. You can, I tell you what, some of the best trained electricians I've ever seen came out of the IBEW, uh, as well as NECA and the IEC, Independent Electrical Contractors Group. Uh, a lot of great groups out there. Uh, a lot of education that's out there with those groups. So it's a it's a beautiful thing. Um, I'm all about promoting the the, the electrical trade, if you will. So I'm not into the politics. I don't really care either way uh, about it. Some people say, oh, Paul, you're anti-union, or, and I'm not. I, I let everybody else dictate that. I, I have no opinion on that, to be honest with you. Am I a union electrician? Uh, no, I'm not. Uh, I learned my career through the trade school and then got out and got the hands dirty and learned. And lucky for me, I had a, a, a brother who was uh, also very good in the trade. And so I was able to learn a lot from him. A lot of those little MacGyver type of things are still compliant, but you learn little things, little tricks. Uh, you know, he's been known to get things from A to B in some, in some wild ways that most people wouldn't think about. So you learn, I was, I was blessed to have that education. Uh, and I've shared that with many electricians and apprentices through the years as well. Some of the things I've picked up. Um, but the workmanship is something that started from the first uh, day that I started in this trade, and, and that was back in vocational school. Uh, how I kept my tools, how I kept my workspace, um, it just took pride in it. And to me, that's the start of workmanship. Now, when you look at this in the code, you know, 110.12 of the National Electrical Code says mechanical execution of work, and it just says electrical equipment shall be installed in a neat and workmanlike manner. Now, very hard for an inspector to put that on an inspection ticket as a failure when, again, neat and workmanlike manner is all in the eye of the holder. Uh, maybe that inspector was a really great electrician and he migrated on to the next chapter of their career and became an inspector. Uh, and then they look at that and they say, well, that's not how I would do it. Um, again, it, that neatness and workmanship is in the eye of the beholder. However, we do have this document, this NECA 1 document, that says good workmanship in electrical construction. And it is a good guide. So uh, I do a training class where I go over good workmanship, and I do this class to electrical contractors. Uh, usually they have a big group in the company, or somebody will contact me, and they'll say, look, um, we're trying to raise the, uh, the, the image of the company, the look. We'll talk about things like the shirts and what you have to wear, uh, how you address your customers, and I do a class on that. 
But one of the things I talk about is what is good workmanship amongst your group? And this is a great document to start. It's not a big document. It's about 30 pages or so. So, you know, you can buy this document directly from NECA uh, at IHS uh, as well. You can get this document. And, uh, you know, it's um, it gives you good information to share and pass on and learn. It's in, in multiple uh, chapters. It uh, starts out with its scope, and it gets into what's called receiving, storing, and protecting of material on a site. That's important. A lot of people overlook that. I don't know how many times as an inspector, as a chief inspector, as an engineer, uh, I go to different job sites and things like that, and I see that the wiring, the products, the way they're kept on the site uh, tells me pretty much how this is going to go. Uh, if you don't have much uh, care in how you receive, store, or protect the electrical equipment and everything that's on site. If your guys don't care about the product uh, when it gets put on site, then as chances are they're not going to care about the install. So I usually get with the contractor and we'll have a little one-on-one session, especially those big contractors um, that have a lot of employees. And I'll say, let's let's work our way down. Let's talk about the mentality approach of how we receive it, how we store it, and how we protect this equipment on site, how we do it. Are there containers there? Are we providing the right atmosphere for protecting this equipment? And you're thinking, Paul, you're going overboard with the protection and receiving. Trust me. If something gets installed and something fails uh, and an expert comes in there and they can see that something wasn't stored right, handled right, protected right, exposed to certain conditions that shouldn't have been, uh, then trust me, that's what's going to cause uh, uh, going to leave a terribly bad taste in your mouth when we when we start exposing that, especially if it ever makes it to a judicial setting. So, receiving the material on site, uh, there's guidelines for that that gives you some direction, storage, and protection, and general requirements. It'll kick in. Then it gets to anchoring and fastening. Remembering that I've said this many times. If I'm putting up a disconnect, something as simple like a a cutout box for an outside air conditioning air. Uh, condensing unit and I put it there um, and it's got three holes for mounting and I only use two of the holes because I'm just lazy that day or I ran out of fasteners and I'm thinking nobody will see look it's holding pretty good uh, then that's the mentality we're trying to get you away from okay you need to install it right if the manufacturer gave you three holes for mounting you use three holes for mounting that's the approach that I try to teach Early on in an apprentice's career, journeyman's career, uh, because those things are critically important because we learn bad habits, okay? We're not born with them. We learn bad habits. So anchoring and fastening things like raceways, boxes, enclosures, things like that to solid surfaces, not only is covered in the code, but it also is just good practices to learn. And masters should be sharing this uh, down the line. Uh, I encourage larger companies. When I say larger companies, I'm saying anybody that's got 10 employees or more, uh, you're starting to put an impact out there. People are knowing who you are. People are knowing your company. It's about the image. Uh, it's about the look. Uh, it's already mastered pretty well in these large associations like Mr. Electric and things like that if you get involved in it. They already have this mentality. They train their people. You think, well, I'm just an electrician. I don't need to do that. Yes, you do. You need to look professional when you go into every job. You need to treat the people's home as if it was your home. Now, if you don't treat your home very well, that's I guess that's a different subject. But you need to have pride in what you do, and that neatness and that workmanship will come out. So 
Anyway, to run kind of down the list, it talks about hangers and supports. It even gives you guidance on outlet boxes, junction and pull boxes, raceways in general, wiring cable, equipment mounting. Okay, and then it talks about mounting heights. Okay, gives some guidance on there. And of course, it'll cover panel boards and things like that. And of course, then it's got some uh, reference standards. So just to kind of give you an, an overview, and people know, um, you know, obviously I'm kind of partial to the wiring cable industry. Let's go on. I'm just going to look at the document, and I'm going to get down here and just look at the wire and cable part and see what we what we have. All right, so we look at the wire and cable. It just gives some really great advice. It's for example, I just read over a couple. Here it says all wire and cable shall be suitable for the temperature, conditions, and locations where it's installed. Great thing to make sure your people know this. Okay. Um, you definitely want to make sure that if it's a wet location, then I've got a wet location product, damp location, dry location. Need to understand what I'm using. Okay. It says accessories materials such as connectors, splices, and tap fittings uh, and terminations uh, shall be the type designed and intended and suitable for the use. Uh, they shall be compatible with the conductor's material. Again, just great information. Copper to copper, copper to aluminum. Make sure that the fitting is or the termination is designed for that application. Otherwise, that's a no-no. Um, just great information. Okay. Again, it goes on to say things like wiring cable shall be installed so as not to damage the insulation or cable sheathing. Again, seems like common sense. But again, these are great lessons to hammer home in a morning meeting with your guys. Um, and you can sprinkle in a little bit about uh, always keeping the shirt tucked in, always wearing clean uh, uh, uniforms, uh, doing everything you need to do to set that image. Remember, if you're the owner of the company or the master and you have people for you that work for you, um, they are all extensions of you. Okay, so if I see somebody coming to the job, and again, I'm not going to get into um, uh, things like excessive facial hair and, and tattoos because I have no problem with tattoos at all. Um, I, you know, I don't think that I'd want a tattoo on my forearm that says Satan rules or something going into a house. Um, I would probably ha have a review of it. Again, people say, okay, well, you're you're not um, you're not allowing my expression. Um, well, if you're the owner of the company, um, you do have policies that you can set in place. Now, like I said, I have no problem with normal tattoos, but uh, something uh, that could be offensive to a customer is not something that I want. Again, that's your policy. You do what you want with it. Um, again, people have a choice to work somewhere and not work somewhere. So if you're the employee, you're the electrician, and you don't like the policy of the company, well, you always have the ultimate option to leave, Okay. So uh, one of the other good things that it talks about here, for example, is existing conduits shall be cleaned prior to installing new conductors to ensure the outer jackets of the conductor is not damaged. A lot of people don't think about that. They go in existing application. Um, you take, for example, down in uh, Houston when we had the flood, uh, a lot of that wire got pulled out, but the raceways, did the raceways get properly cleaned? Did all those conduits, all those tubings uh, get thoroughly cleaned before new wire was pulled in them? Because Maybe the, the raceways were fine. Maybe they were evaluated uh, and, and they were okay, determined okay. Maybe just the wire gets replaced in them. Right, did you think about those things? It's just good habits to think about. Um, so that it's really just good common sense uh, that you follow through here. And it's something that's good for you to go over uh, with 
your guys, okay, or gals, whatever you're you know working. Uh, another good example it says when using cable ties, uh, do not over tighten to ensure the cable tie downs not cut the conductor's outer jacket. Cable ties shall not be used to support raceways or conduits. Um, just good, good information. A lot of times in switch gear in the bottom, in order to keep everything routed well, uh, they'll put cable ties in there. Um, now we're looking for uh, listed cable ties, but it keeps everything nice, tight, neaty, uh, neat, neaty, <laughs> neatly. <laughs> no, we don't need needy. Uh, neatly done inside of the enclosure. So that's just you know good practice, and it talks about it. Um, it just gives some other, you know, it says cables that are installed exposed shall be run parallel and perpendicular to the surface of the building or expose structural members and follow the surface contours as much as practical. Uh, and then it kicks into, in your mind, I just want everything to look symmetrical. Uh, everything to look as neat as possible. Um, not all vendors of conduit or tubing are created equal, but a lot of people throw a fit and say, well, they use uh, prefab 90s and they should be bending all those 90s and they use a lot of couplings. Look, I don't care about that. There's a lot of people out there. Obviously, you take excessive pride in your work and you want to make these unique bends. And, and I used to love bending conduit back in the day. Uh, but be honest with you, I, I really don't care that there's couplings in there as long as it's uniformed. Okay, uh, you're using prefab 90s on everything, then using a coupling with those prefab 90s, and everything's going to look pretty much the same. I don't have a problem with it. You might feel differently. Again, it's your job. Uh, again, your neatness and workmanship may be different than somebody else's. Uh, you might say, I look at that and I can tell the guy didn't know how to bend conduit. That's fine. But the customer's not going to look at that and know that. So you have to remember their expectations as well. So anyway, great information. Now, this Nika document also, for example, has extensive uh, section on raceways and talks about raceways and hangers and care to prevent you know, foreign material inside as you're doing the pull. Uh, it has some spacing applications in here. And, of course, another reason to get the latest edition is if they have made any, any changes okay, that might have taken place in here. Uh, they talk about cable supports and give some good recommendations from cable supports in here and things like that. Uh, so just good information. Minimum raceway spacing gives you a table in here and it kind of talks about the spacing. That way you, you know, spacing uh, between lock nuts so that you don't have that issue inside of the box that you're putting these raceways to. And just good, good, good information. Um, I'd remind you on certain things. Uh, like using bushings where people forget, for example, in, in dealing raceways and conduits when you're dealing in a fork gauge and larger. You want to have those those insulating bushings that protect the conductors as they come in. Sometimes they can come in and they have to turn pretty quickly. Uh, you don't want that sharp edge. So just really reaffirms it. And it's kind of good to go over these things in pieces with your with your guys and gals that work on your team. That way they're familiar with it. Now, I'm a big believer that you should have a little code session once a week and talk about the electrical code. We do offer a, a program with us uh, for companies where they can uh, uh, have a, a morning get-together uh, with us and uh, we have a, a pre-done, pre-tailored video that we can provide for companies. We, we tailor make it for specifically for that company with their logo and everything. Uh, and uh, it can uh, it can address them and it'll come once a week. 
So you can subscribe to that if you want to have a a morning code session or a morning safety session that you can play on the on the on a screen, uh, or it actually can be available for all your guys to watch on their mobile phones or laptops or whatever. So if you're interested in that service, reach out to us uh, at info at masterthenec.com and just in the subject area, put morning meeting program uh, and we can do that for you. But really, you can do it yourself. And what we do is we'll cover a lot of these different things. We'll talk about workmanship. We talk about safety. We'll even talk about uh, elect, you know, different elect, uh, code issues that you want to keep in mind. That we'll give you some little uh, hint in the morning uh, uh, that kind of gets your day going. Okay. So again, you know, one of the other things that's real important, and I see this a lot, is you, people get material in on a job. And they start to install it, and then they notice something wrong with it. It's not been handled right, or the product wasn't what they ordered. And then they get to the last minute, and then they want to scream and cry uh, because the manufacturer or the distributor sent them something, and they said, this is not what I ordered, yet they yet it sat there for a week or two or three, and now your job is behind. There's a great part in here. It's uh, part two, or I guess, I guess unit two, or section two, but 2.1, it talks about receiving material. One of the things it says is packages with packing slips and or purchase orders shall be inventoried. Okay, It means you look at it, you go over it, you see what you've got. All wire, for example, has the markings on the wire, or if it's a cable assembly like an MC, it's going to have a tag on it or some kind of covering. Make sure that's what you ordered. Make sure you inventory it because the last thing you want is to look at the last minute when your guys are getting ready to set something up and you look and say, this is not the wire we ordered. This is not the cable we ordered. What's going on? Now we're going to be late because I had people set up to do this. And it's expensive to get manpower ready and and, and project managers have to, have to manage the time between projects. Um, and so that can play a big role if you didn't check it well enough and you didn't inventory it to know exactly what you have. Um, a good project manager will know how to inventory it, how to then take it from inventory and put it in storage to protect it, uh, making sure that it stays clean, dry, and secure wherever it's at. Um, okay, Many places have a system where they barcode it so they know exactly what they have in stock. They keep length records if it's wire, how much how many joints or sticks of conduit or tubing they have. They have this down to a science. Okay. But you need to always inspect the product as it arrives because you never know the type of damage it could have been exposed to. Uh, I have seen cases where uh, rigid conduit came to a site. It's supposed to have one of the couplings already installed on the end, on the threaded end, uh, but it came to the site and none of the couplings were on the end. Uh, however, that happened. And it the project needed it. And I don't know if it was a large size. I can't remember the size, trade size, but I want to think it was two and a half or three or whatever it was. So they weren't just typical. And so anyway, it, it slowed the project down because somebody didn't inventory it and they didn't have the knowledge to look at and say, okay, this comes with the conduit on the end and the thread protector on the other end and everything sits and we store it and we're looking for damage. Uh, and that wasn't happened. So when the guys were set to do this, and again, it's no small task when you're laying a bunch of rigid overhead, as you guys know, um, the last thing I want to do is, is have the brakes put on when I've got everybody ready at 5 a.m. to get started on this project. And I've got a timeline where I've got the wire coming in a week and I need to have these raceways in um, and there's a problem. And so then you got to scramble to get these fittings. Uh, and it's just, uh, 
it's all about timing. So a good project manager, a good inventory manager can really make light duty of all this. So it kind of goes over that. It reaffirms everybody's position, everybody's role. And I like to do that as well. Everybody has a role to play in this dance we do uh, of construction, especially in the electrical industry. Okay, Everything's got to time out right. So this is just a great document. So again, it's a NECA document. This comes from their, their office in Bethesda, Maryland. Uh, again, their website is www.NECA. Uh, and I've actually, I think that actually might be their, their whole website. Let's see. I don't know if that is their actual whole website because uh, the document doesn't actually say that. But I think it's NECANET.org. So you can go to www.NECANET.org. Dot org, or you probably can go in your search engine and just type uh, NECA, uh, and you'll find it. And uh, it's a it's a great little document. It keeps reaffirming. Last it reaffirmed in 2011. So, uh, so here in the the uh, 2010, and it reaffirmed in 2011. And I'm probably sure that it just reaffirmed again into 2015. Uh, but it's a document that you can get. It's not overly expensive. Probably about 50 bucks. Uh, but it does create some good lessons that you can have with with your guys and gals in the morning uh, where you can, again, take the opportunity to talk about how you look, how you carry yourself, you're representing the company. All service guys should definitely have a training class in how they present themselves to the customer because they're your, they're your frontline people, okay? Um, and so it's all about it. Now, if you're the electrician that says, I ain't worried about all that, I don't care about all that, then you're probably not the owner of your company, but if you're a small one, two, three-man shop, image is everything. And you want to set that impression because there's no better advertisement than word of mouth, but there's also no advertisement that can kill your reputation quicker than word of mouth. So again, today, everybody's looking professional, trying to look. I always have their work shirts on. Uh, I don't mind wearing jeans, but you got to have that work shirt. Again, advertising is great. Uh, in uh, looking the part uh, in, uh, in doing the job right. That's what I think workmanship is. That's what I think when you carry that over to putting in the products, that's a big deal. Okay, So hopefully you got something out of today's episode. Again, we're talking workmanship, neatness, taking pride in what you do. Remember, even putting in that small screw, put it in right. If it's going in crooked, stop. Make it straight. Look, it's all about what you learn early on. So if you take anything away from it, apprentices, do it right, learn it right. If you're being taught by somebody that's that's half-assing it, then you need to let them know or let the owner know, or you might even need to move on. You don't need to learn bad habits. You really don't. And find yourself somebody, get a good trade school, get a good apprenticeship program. Again, IBEWs, ANICAs, the IECs, all of those are really great associations to be a part of. Um, and you can really learn a lot as you move through because there's some immensely intelligent individuals that are involved with those companies or those associations or organizations. So learn right from square one, okay? And, and work yourself up from there. And then if you start learning good habits, you're going to teach good habits. Then you're going to do good habits. And you're going to have no problem with something being neat and workmanlike. Um, and again, if you post your your stuff on a forum, your pictures, and people chew you up because they say it's not neat or why'd you do this, remember, that's the nature of the beast. You're putting yourself out there. You want people to comment. You know if you put it out there, people are going to comment on it. 
Uh, I have my own share of haters out there. So look, you got to do it. You got you got to plug forward, plug it away, keep doing it, and uh, you'll get feedback and learn from that feedback. But again, remember that neatness is an eye of the beholder. If it looks good to you, it looks neat. You feel proud about it. Everybody's going to have an opinion. But do it as neat as it can. Learn from other people. Look at other uh, individuals' installations and learn what's neat. Uh, get the sneaker document. It kind of gives you some good guidance. But you're going to have to learn your own way okay, in order to make something neat. Um, but that's a good start. And I say, if anything, take extreme pride in what you do. This is an awesome profession. Uh, people got into this early on. They were like, well, I didn't go to people don't go to college or people don't have this. Well, I've done both. Um, I took a weird, weird route when I went to school um, because early on my family couldn't afford it. So I went through an online application, uh, kind of a nightmare later on in my uh, you know career when I did that because it consumed a lot of time for what I felt nothing. But I still have that. But really, it's the part that I learned early on in the field, trade, the, 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 the world of hard knocks, those type of things, um, that I learned what was neat. I had some good mentors along the way. Uh, they instilled pride, and that's what got me to where I am today, and I'm sure that's going to get you where you are. So take those things into consideration. Hopefully, you got something out of this message. Uh, until next time, folks, stay safe and God bless. Oh, by the way, visit the websites and share them. Go to masterthenec.com or electricalcodeacademy.com. And if you want to watch our YouTube channel, there's a button up on the top right. You click on it. It'll take you to all of our channels on our YouTube. If you want to listen to the podcast from our website, just go to the podcast button. If you know somebody who's really wanting to learn the National Electrical Code, we have an extensive online university curriculum that a course is starting in January of 2019. So here we are in the middle of November. You can sign up for that course. And it's extensive. I mean, it's an online portal. You go in, you get your user, you have simulations, you have quizzes, you have the books are included with everything. Uh, it's not the cheapest in the world because we also have interaction every week. We're going to have a two-hour session where I go over what you've done the past week. Uh, it's, it's, it's a real comprehensive class that teaches you the National Electrical Code, not just to pass an exam. It teaches you the code. And that's what I'm all about, okay? I'm not about teaching little buzz phrases and little shortcuts to remember to get you past a test. And then you're out there in the field and you're like, oh, do I really know anything? I'm going to teach you the code. That's what that's about. So if you need more information on that, just go to our website. You can find all that information on masterthenec.com. Until next time, my friends, stay safe and God bless. Every day the future's getting closer. Just looking bright every day.